Hey guys, hello, hi, welcome back to another episode of You Tell Em. And today, in case you can't already tell by the title, it's a very special episode because we have our very first featured guest. And in case you forgot, I'm Haruka. I'm Themis. Um, hi, I'm Ari. Well, yeah, that's what most people call me. Um, and I'm a friend of Themis and Haruka. Yeah, so... Last episode, we kind of covered data mining and privacy issues and just how weird social media really is. And Mm -hmm. so today's episode, we're going to be moving on. And with our very special first featured guest, we're going to be talking about universities and our big brains. (laughs) I'm kidding. But before we get into that, here's our little ad break. Yeah, we're basically going to talk about our applications just because we've recently done them and it's fresh in our minds and the whole university process and how it was different for us, especially for international students. And to hopefully help anyone out there who is looking to go to university or college. Just a little background. And this was an unsolicited offering. And this was back when we were brainstorming ideas to do since, you know, we have too many opinions and not enough friends to listen to us, which is why Aerie is conveniently there listening to us. But here we are. On some really weird tangent about making a podcast. We're here and we're thriving. And yeah, just to give a little background on how... We became friends with Ari just because, you know, we're also here for the hour to kind of pretend to be your friend and, you know, kind of fill in because none of us have friends, whatever, which is ironic because I'm technically filming, recording this with two friends. Anyway, um, Ari's only friends with me, at least, because um, I forced her to be friends with me. I held her captive for two years whilst we, well, not really two years because we weren't even at school this year, so like a year and a half. Um... I held her captive in one of the school closets, and I forced her to be my friend, uh, so then she would be able to roam around freely. Uh, yeah, so this is definitely true. That's just how it is. Ari, how are you doing at school today? It's very lonely. <laughs> no, but but yeah, like um, this should be a very interesting episode, because the three of us definitely went um, through our application process in a very, very different way. We applied to different countries uh, subjects etc etc so we're hoping you can either relate to this or if you're younger maybe you can this can be part of your research or if you're older please feel free to give us unsolicited unsolicited life advice because i have no idea what's going on um well first of all because i'm japanese and like i'm from a single parent household it for me Like, our school has, like, eight choices of, like, you can pick eight unis, like, where to apply. And for me, I only did three, most, and all, they're all in Japan, mostly because, like, financially, it's easier for me to live in Japan, and I do have, like, family and relatives there. And I think the application process is really similar Mm -hmm. to the U, was it the U.S.? (laughs) I forgot which one, which system, but it's similar to one of them, where you just have, like, an... Or you have, like, an application form where you have, like, you know, your personal info, like, your school info stuff, your IB score. And, oh, I forgot to say what course I'm doing. So the unis I applied to are a liberal arts course, which basically it's similar to IB where you can, like, pick any subjects you want to learn. And then in your third year, you can pick which one you want to major out of those, like, the ones that you picked. And... Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I think most unis in the UK and USA ask you to have like a required score. Well, it's like different for the unis in Japan. They don't really ask for like a minimum minimum score. They usually look at you holistically, and like this includes like your af- like extracurricular activities, you know, your CAS and whatnot. And because I'm applying as an international student, they would usually ask you to show some sort of um, evidence to say that you've studied English for a certain amount of year, for example, like because I've a, I'm taking IB English, um, 
as an SL level, um, I don't really need to have that proof because the IV is like the evidence. But for people who don't take IV, for example, or like, or like any, or haven't had like that certain amount of like, um, period of work, certain amount of um, teaching in English, they usually have like to TOEFL. They usually take TOEFL or like they submit their A ACD ACT. <laughs> um scores and that just shows that just becomes a pr evidence and another process that's kind of different is like for the uni that I applied to they asked us to write like an essay um of like of our like cast activities community services internships and you they also asked me to like note list down any like special recognition I had and I think what I wish someone in the year below I mean above us told me was like you know that it was actually really important to try a wide variety of casts like that's something that and I've learned from this whole like process know, cast, I feel like just to clarify is yeah basically community action and service which means it's basically our school and our mm -hmm. education pathways version of extracurricular activities but it's structured and it's basically uh -huh. required at least for the IB to pass their course which means that we have a CAS project which, which is sort of a big self-initiated project that encompasses um, creativity, action, and service so it's a mix of community service and physical activities and things related to that are more artistic. Yeah, and like it's separated by diploma and certificate. So if you do certificate, you basically just do one subject and then you get um certificate for the subject that you did. Obviously, you can do more than one, but diploma means you do six and then you do uh, three at higher usually and three standard. And then you do this thing called core. And then all of these elements come together to give you, like, a diploma, essentially. Instead of, like, although they ask you to, like, list, state, like, what, um, like, cast you've done and, like, you know, what recognitions you have. Like, for me, I feel like cast definitely pay played, like, an important role in, like, shaping what I wanted to learn in, like, the uni as well as, like, why I wanted to pick Japan. So, like, I mostly did, like, services service activity based casts and like so I did like I helped refugees I did like um, activities related to like food waste and stuff and that made me realize you know mm -hmm. like a diff that gave me like a different perspective on like these global issues and that shaped like although I was really like I am still interested in psychology but now because I have that experience and like I feel like I now want to learn more about like international relations and sociology and yes I feel like I like I really encourage people especially like the year below to like try like t don't because I know like I remember like p a few people told me oh you know CAS is so easy you can like fake some of your data and like you know you can, it's you can just fake your evidence, but then now that I've done it and gone through the process, I feel like you should actually take it seriously because it is like a important, like it's such a oh yeah, absolutely. Like, you we're are so lucky to have like such a valuable if you experience. Do fabricate your whole cast curriculum just because mm -hmm. everybody else, at least in our school, <laughs> has to do the same thing as you, and the fact that people actually genuinely dedicate yeah. and devote time and commit to activities that, mind you, they like, which makes it less bad, makes you such a big piece of shit and super lazy to even fabricate it just because, like I said before, all of these extracurriculars are handed to you on a silver platter. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that the cast programs... Okay, I sound like I'm advertising it, but I promise it's genuinely so helpful in developing you as a person and developing skills and helping you find little niches and talents that you might not have considered before and you know I think this was especially important and obvious to me as a BTEC art student who basically spends their whole 
spent the last two academics mm-hmm. years just doing art and honing my creative skills and it was such a weird leap for me just because previous to me switching to this pathway of education Uh I was really inclined um, mathematically and scientifically as in for me it was either the choice that I was gonna make was oh I'm either gonna be in STEM or I'm going to do art and I picked art and that was such a big jump to just drop all of my interests in STEM and math and science and all of that and to do art completely which is what really drew me into cast because it was a way where I could gain both academically and personally and be able to keep in touch with my curiosity and in STEM and it was a way for me to actually break out of that art bubble a little bit for a few hours a week just to you know learn more about different pathways that I do not get to in my own curriculum at school. Yeah, and it's so easy to do. Obviously, if you don't have time, then people will have that as as an excuse, but I don't think anyone would have enough time, you know, and balancing all your academic work and cast work is really a true testament to your time managing abilities and it really helps you develop into the real world where you'll will where you will have to balance and prioritize different activities and this is just a quick stepping stone for you to experience this and grow as a person so yeah if you fabricate it what the fuck there's so many ways that you could actually do it and not have to make shit up because then you would have experienced it and be able to write about it really quickly. So don't waste your money doing that, you know? And also another plus side of being genuine in your extracurriculars and recording it down and having that experience with it is that your interest and passion and knowledge will permeate into your university applications. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> which, in my opinion, gives you such a big leg up especially for me as an art student I think it's really easy to be really homogenous in your activities as in the creative field is so big that you can just stay it's really easy to stick into that creative bubble but I think Cass I think um, helped me stand out as an applicant because I was doing things that I'm assuming not a lot of other typical art students at least in Hong Kong do And having that variety and, you know, if you actually do experience things, that knowledge immediately transfers over to other areas of your academics and personality. And that really shows. And you can tell when someone is faking your experience because you have that lack of knowledge, I suppose. And... If you're doing things like service or, for example, uh, environmental service-related experience that you did for two years, then that will automatically go into your creative process and thinking and maybe thinking about the environment and when you're making things. And those are things that you do talk about. And that really shows the interdisciplinary aspects of extracurriculars, academics, and your personal life, which really helps elevate you as a person. And there really is no point in faking it when the benefits that you reap from actually experiences is so much better than wasting your money and wasting your time making up experiences when you can so easily obtain these experiences yourself. Yeah. And like on top of that, I feel like cast definitely makes like forces you to learn more about yourself, which I feel like a lot of people kind of neglect. And I certainly did. And this is a bit of a hot take, but in the cast program, basically uh, C stands for creativity, uh, action and service. 
and oh well they change it to activity Mm -hmm. but people still largely call it action and basically they're as it stays you kind of need to do activities which kind of fit into one strand or multiple strands and have these different learning outcomes and one of the parts of doing CAS and to have to pass it is you have to do a CAS project which is kind of a collaborative project that you have to do which covers two or more strands of CAS so for more people it'll be usually kind of service oriented like either creativity and service or action and service or creativity action and service that's kind of the most common ones and the hot take is if you faked any part of your cast project you're an absolute fucking piece of shit and you contributed nothing to your society because the whole point of the project is you know you want to do something that's a service that's gonna help your community and what do you even get out of faking it like nothing you just kind of pass this thing but in the long term you're not actually doing anything that benefited anyone not even yourself except for the fact that like you're getting your diploma but like no and on top of that like the ivy thing it's cast is supposed to span over 18 months and your cast project they usually need it to be like a kind of long-term thing either you do something for three months or like you plan something and then it builds up to this one major event right and if you have 18 months or like more for some cases to do all this and you don't manage to find a cast project to do you're just fucking lazy and there's no one to blame except yourself so i just wanted to put that out there this is not i don't know it's kind of a hot take but also not really i don't know and like i feel like as for faking cast, like, I really question the ethics of it because I feel like faking creativity and action is so different to faking service because when you're doing service, the whole point is you're trying to benefit the community. Like, why would you fake something like that when you can just go out and literally do something? It's not fucking hard to do that. Sorry, I'm just, like, kind of peeved about it. Yeah, but yeah. definitely. Like, I feel like when unis ask you to talk about like your extracurricular activities and like you know cast stuff like I think it's really important that you sound genuine like it's so easy to like bs stuff and write but Mm -hmm. I feel like it it's most important to like include your personality and your thoughts on like what you've learned out of it like I I like even my friends in Japan they they don't have that opportunity like they don't they're not like they don't have the opportunity to like know about these global issues so I feel like we're just really really privileged about it yeah I think just to give a little background on my whole process because I was I am I think between the three of us I am the most like I have no idea what I am doing with myself kind of vibe um because I applied to like three different regions I was planning to apply to four different regions um and I think out of the three of us I'm the only one who used up all eight of my applications <laughs> and I don't know it was a very weird process for me because I like I said previously in different episodes that it's just kind of an expectation that I'm not gonna study here for uni so for me it was largely kind of US UK in the EU but where I ended up applying was the states the UK and in Canada and I think of all three processes that I went through it <laughs> it was just strange because then I applied to a mix of some art schools and some liberal art schools and with each application they really do focus on different aspects like for the UK, um, I applied for Central St. Martin's. And then we actually had to, Haruka, myself, and another friend of ours, we went to, we had to go to Macau and it was like a face to face interview. Whereas, like, the other art schools I applied to were all like slide room, whatever. And then in the UK, they make you write one personal statement and then you just send it off to the schools. And then they're just supposed to, use that and I'm like but you don't even know enough about 
me i feel like and also it's just yeah it is pretty yeah it's weird. just like um, kind of weird i can only speak about applying to art schools in america and the uk because those are the only two regions that i applied to but for the uk i think they're a lot more homogenized and standardized in how they want information about applicants and i mean the u.s has the common app and everything but then within all schools there's also a variation of systems that they use for example only one of my colleges used common app and the other required their own sort of system and those with common app for art schools they either require other things like either a mail-in portfolio or a slide room or just different things that they look for and it's all very specific whereas for the UK they only have UCAS and I think it's a lot more easy to apply to the UK because it's basically like the common app but a lot less thorough and I guess that's the difference between US and UK art schools especially that I think the US really wants to know you on a personal level and that all my applications I asked for really detailed um, multiple essays and different questions and answers about me, my upbringing, my philosophy, my creative process, and so on. Whereas the UK basically asks for a personal statement, which is kind of like your common app essay, but a lot more general. And there's no guided questions or anything. It's basically about you as a person and what you want to do for your career and your future plans. And yeah, I think the U.S. is definitely a lot more holistic in how they look at applicants. But then the downside of that is that you have to be very on top of what each college is want and then, you know, alter your portfolio and essays and questions to match that and for me I honestly I took the lazy route and then I did multiple um, pieces of work for a portfolio that I would put into the other portfolio so I basically matched them all together to do the least amount of work but I mean it still worked so that's the good thing yeah and for the UK I think it was the process was a lot less stressful just because our school has been gearing up gearing us up to apply to UK universities essentially since primary school and we were really familiar and most of our college counselors and everything were more versed in the UK application system whereas the US one especially art schools are really confusing so there is that and um when you guys were researching Sarah, I have, like, a quick question. Like, did you guys... Because mm-hmm. for me, like, obviously I knew... Like, I was definitely sure that I was going to go to Japan. But for you guys, like, I'm, what other factors did you, like, think about when picking, like, where to apply for uni? Like, other than, like, money-wise? I think mostly it was money in terms of could I afford to go to certain universities and the price. Yeah, I didn't apply to a lot of colleges or universities. Just because, especially for the U.S., the application price to go to U.S. universities is absurd. So I only applied to two of them. I was you have to like to pay separately for each application through um, portfolio reviews online, which I highly recommend to any art students. Um, check out if your college has any um, online portfolio reviews for international students. Because I got into a few schools from that, but then I didn't end up applying to them because they're not where I wanted to go. But that's beside the point. And I think another very important one was the location as well as any outstanding alumni and the career opportunities of A, people who went to that university and B, the location where that university is and if it would be easy for me to make connections and find jobs ideally near the university after I graduate and if I could stay there visas you know all of that as well as obviously the 
contents of the course like if it's a challenging enough course or is it sort of like a you fuck around for four years and waste 300k type of course yeah i think for me well first of all i narrowed down the locations that i wouldn't mind being in and for me i'm like i'm a city girl like i i don't know what it is like i get like the the idea of not living in a city for an extended period of time actually kind of makes me scared i i don't know how to explain it it just like i'm just like imagining the anxiety before actually getting it so i figured that i wanted to be in cities and then from there i kind of looked at schools which to me sounded progressive had a very like interdisciplinary approach to their studies because I'm just very curious as a person in general and like I to be honest I don't really see myself like doing one thing for the rest of like for my studies at least I'm I can't speak about my job but then also like I think in the UK a lot of um so I applied to one art school and two normal like just like unis in the UK and I tried to pick ones where they kind of celebrate an element of interdisciplinary and that you kind of have more leeway in choosing certain courses that you want to take and I try to choose site courses that explore more than just the basics um, which was you know very helpful and then in the states I based it also mainly on location um, and then from there I also based it on just reading the course catalogs and I was like like in my mind I I didn't think I would get into any of the schools just because like my score is like very average for here but like globally it's kind of not average because then by default everyone who's kind of studies in Asia and like especially like here in Singapore and South Korea you're just kind of considered kind of above but then for here I'm definitely like average slash below average so I didn't think I would get into any of the schools and my whole idea was just that like I don't mind going to any of these schools and just as long as I get into something then like I'll know what degree I'm doing whatever um yeah so if you're about to apply for uni I'm gonna suggest you don't do that because it might bite you in the ass really hard like it had like it is for me because uh what ended up happening was like I got into the stuff that I didn't think I would and then now I have to make the decision anyway and it kind of just made me regret not making the decision earlier on so then I could apply to more courses within the like broader kind of major that I wanted to do which is kind of interesting but then yeah I also considered um like money and definitely visa and what I can do with my visa like how long my working hours can be in a foreign country uh, what can I do after I graduate etc etc so I don't know it, it I don't know I feel like my approach is kind of not conventional because <laughs> yeah like I basically finalized like like a list like two nights before our counselors were like oh you have to send this list to me and I was like shit because initially I I was gonna apply to like Amsterdam and I think a school in Denmark or something like that I don't know I was just actually trying to be Mr. Worldwide or something I was like such a mess but yeah I think like definitely like start thinking about what you want to major in so then when you do apply for schools you can choose stuff easier and then you have more diverse course options if that makes sense no but then I think I think the with the whole extracurriculars being an important thing I definitely think that played a part because I can't say I did I don't I didn't have like a very very long list of extracurriculars and the stuff I included on each application was definitely not the full list of stuff that I did but like I 
did try to only pinpoint stuff that was meaningful to me and I think that could that really showed through my applications I think because like I would talk about them a lot because like I spent so much time doing certain extracurriculars like a lot of things for me like I did weekly for like basically the better off of like a year and a half so I think yeah that definitely probably played a part and like if you are getting ready to apply to uni and you're just trying to like cram extracurriculars I would advise against that because anyone could see if you're just doing a bunch of random extracurriculars to just like kind of add to your belt as to say so I think definitely choose stuff that's meaningful to you like for that's like really different from my uni because in my uni it's mostly internet like there's like an April and September applicant and because I'm applying in September it's usually international students and Mm -hmm. the financial stuff is like completely different like they base it off on like need like need like um like your parents um financial situation so it doesn't really even if you're like an international student or like a student in Japan applying to that uni it doesn't matter they base it off on your like financial situation and yeah, for sure. your academic part and you, for like depending on which scholarship or like financial aid you want sometimes they make you re- like you need like a recommendation letter so then like it, it's really different from like the US and UK yeah, so I, I don't know like... I, f- I can't help but feel though that I don't deserve getting offers from the unis I applied to because I'm like not because I think I'm like actually that stupid like like I know I am stupid but I know I'm not that stupid but like I like there's just like this thing that irks me that makes me think that I didn't actually like properly get into the schools because at the end of the day I'm an international student and you know like the international students pay a higher school fee so even though like my parents aren't billionaires and they're not rigging the system and like I didn't fake any data to get into a school I still feel like because they know they're going to be getting a higher tuition fee from an international student such as myself that they let me in because at the end of the day, universities are businesses and they want the money. So that's been eating away at me for so damn long. I don't even know why. It's such a stupid thing as well to be worried, like thinking about, I feel like, because obviously I'm in such a privileged position to have been able to apply and then actually like receive offers whereas like you know there are people who definitely would not be able to have the same opportunities so I don't know like I feel so guilty for thinking that but then I also feel like I can't stop yeah um, like, I can't not think about thing. it either I know Ari, you mentioned the whole screening of it for your university so do you have anything else you can add on to that Um, I think this is, I'm not sure about the art schools that you guys apply to, but like, I know like most unis will require you to have like a personal statement. Um, and for me, I think it's, I think it's really, really hard to write a personal statement. Like you shouldn't write it a day before the deadline. Definitely not. Same. Um, actually, um, Ari, you should I take your time before my UK <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I finessed my way into these, into these, into all I these unis, okay? And I wrote my sub the night before. I do not, do I recommend it? No. But that being no. said, it doesn't mean that just because you wrote it the night before, you definitely won't get in. Because honestly, the yeah. so much of the system is so arbitrary that you literally just, like, you just don't know. <laughs> Yeah, um... <laughs> Are you calling us out, though? <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, I just, like, popped off. Um... <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, like, what, following on with what Beavis said, like, we, I don't think... I mean, I mean, for me, it's, I'm just, like, a very slow writer, so, like, it takes time for me to write, so... <laughs> but also, I mean... <laughs> To be realistic, I did write one of my applications a day before. No, like four hours before the deadline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I somehow got accepted, but you know. Anyways, um, 
And I think usually personal statements. Oh, this is what I wrote. Um, I I wrote why I wanted to learn psychology or like international relations in that uni and the experience. Any like experiences that changed the way, changed like my decisions or like my decision on why I wanted to learn that subject. As well as like it's also I think it's fine to add in like your career paths, like what you hope to achieve in uni as well,、mm-hmm. and. I think it was also helpful because I did like house cap. I was a house captain before, so like it was definitely helpful to like put that in. Like I, I think that also like helped shape my personal statement to, to be like unique in a way. What I wrote because so how about、um, you guys? Pretty、um, generic. You just kind of write what you feel in the prompts that they give you. But I do want to talk about this is pretty related, but how a lot of people would pay. For、mm-hmm. other people to write their personal statements or do their university applications, and I think we're at an advantage with the fact、oh、that we have dedicated <laughs> college counselors in our school. But then also we, yeah, quote unquote. Also, there are some quote unquote dedicated with some of them. Not going to name names, but <laughs> and also there's. Yeah, but also I mean, like, I don't want to be disadvantaged. School suspension and how that has affected、um, how they were able to help, and that privilege of people who were able to pay for other people to do their college applications. And all I have to say to those people is that you're you should check your privilege and low key fuck you because you probably took away the chance of someone else who is. More competent than you, and probably deserves that spot at that university more than you. Yeah, I like. I'm confused as to people who like ask people to like they pay them to write their personal statement. Like, I'm a bit confused how it's like. Like, I I just don't get it. I <laughs> know so much about this because I know so many people who kind of did that. By kind of, I mean they did. Um. Yeah, so at least here, definitely, they kind of disguise these services as advisors. And now that that being said, this is all allegedly because I don't want to get sued, um, for anything I say. Um, not trying to defame anyone. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, please don't come for me. Period. Um. So. Okay. No, but this I can say. Um. Allegedly, that. Um. So there are people who actually work as advisors, and you pay them, and their job isn't to write your stuff for you. It's more to advise you on these schools are in your range, okay? What schools are you aiming for? And then if you're telling them I'm aiming for these like super top tier schools like Ivy's, Oxbridge, etc., then you go to them, and they basically look at you and evaluate you the way a Admissions officer would kind of evaluate your application, and they basically tell you you're missing some of this, and you've done way too much of this, so that you don't need to do that, etc. And they just kind of tell you what you need to do, but they don't do it for you. That's the thing. That's the difference. And I think this might be controversial, eh, controversial, but if you have the money. To do that, and you have the privilege to be able to, and if education is something really important to you, and you have the means necessary, by all means, I don't think that's necessarily cheating because you're just using your own, you know, kind of supplies to your own advantage.、Resources. If that makes sense, like it, it's kind of like the whole argument of people like saying how they don't agree with Kim Kardashian being a lawyer because it's quote unquote cheating because she is quote unquote rich, so then she can quote unquote get as many tutors as she wants. But also like <laughs> it's her money, she made it, so if she wants to use it that way, she can. Um, um, but by all means, if you're in that position, if you're not in that position of privilege, it definitely makes it so 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 much harder. But I don't think that's necessarily, um. Like a place for you to be able to say that all people are cheating their way in, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's kind of a hot take, but then there are people who call themselves these advisors, and what they allegedly do is instead of doing what 
advising should be they end up just writing it for you like they'll write your college essay they'll write your they'll allegedly write your college essay they'll allegedly write your whole application they'll allegedly help you fraud extracurriculars allegedly help you fraud certificates and basically like track path your way into like a top school or they'll kind of tell you like oh apply for this if you want to get into like this really good school apply to like a less popular course that's more easy to get into and then switch majors once you're in etc etc so there's a lot of these kind of like tactics that these quote-unquote advisors allegedly use to kind of help people get in but that is the thing that I do have a problem with because that's not kind of using your resources to kind of get you help that's literally getting someone to do something that's your responsibility for you and Mm -hmm. that to Um, me is all types of wrong and I can't even find a way to justify it should I bleep those names out no I feel like everyone knows about this (laughs) scandal but I I don't know I feel like this has been going on for so long like everyone knows about it but like I doubt anything's gonna really come out of it because the system is so broken everywhere. I don't yeah, know, and we're just lucky that, that we even you have a head start on it. more about this than me, but there are Yikes. certain students and peers that we know who have faked a lot of things, and especially unethically in terms of financial aid and having that advantage. Oh, no, I just said it's, like, really, really unfair, like, especially for people, especially when it comes to financial aid, I feel like it's not something you should lie about because there's, if you can pay, you should, because there's people out there who literally are struggling to get into college, and I feel like, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just find no, the yeah, whole thing I feel like it's a really, and, really hard to kind of say what's right or wrong because I'm my view it's definitely if you can pay for it you should because there are so many people who are like actually barely getting by and they actually need that degree to be able to get a job because it's just kind of an expectation that people get degrees and masters now right whereas for a person who is able to pay for example they may in many cases already have like a job set out for them they just simply need to get that degree to kind of say oh I have a degree so I'm qualified for this job because I know a lot of people in that kind of position but the thing is I don't think it's right at all to be robbing people of these kind of um what is it like these forms of help because Obviously, they exist to help people, Whereas, but if people keep manipulating the system, the help each individual gets become, like gradually decreases more and more. But at the same time, like you can't deny that to some extent this is like a we live in a society thing where like you kind of have to blame. Like Part of the blame is also on the economy and the way society is structured because like if you can pay less then why wouldn't you right because economically that's gonna benefit you in the long run right and then it just kind of becomes this whole different debate I feel like of your own personal values and ethics if that makes sense (laughs) yeah I, I don't know like I I definitely have a very solid view on it but also like not that I'm trying to justify it, but I I can't even say that these people are entirely to blame just because of the way the oh, world works. For me, and the biggest it, it just gripe it, it just that really I have sucks. with it is yeah, definitely the whole we live in a society thing. This is um the result of a system that has such a view on system where economy is failing and then prices keep going up all the the whole cycle but my gripe is with people who have parents with I don't know fortune 50 companies who are part of the 0.1 percent who exploit the system because 
that amount mm-hmm. of extra financial help that you may get from faking your disposable for your annual income is so negligible compared to someone either lower middle lower class or in poverty who cannot even afford half of the year's tuition you're taking that away from someone just so you can have a smaller tax break i don't know that just really rubs me the wrong way I don't know. I just yeah, that is true. I don't know. I just feel like it's so messed up. But then that, by extension, goes to speak for like the rest of other stuff that we have to pay for. Because like, you know, like rich people always will find a way to kind of evade taxes. Because like, I guess the mindset is like, I made this money, so I should be able to keep it, kind of a thing. Whereas like, I I don't know because. I'm not in a place where I have so much money that I can swim in it. So I can't say for sure what, like, how I would treat money if I were in that position. But definitely now, if, like, I know, I mean, at this point in time, if I were to imagine myself having that much money, like, I wouldn't even want to keep all of it. I would, like, definitely pay my taxes, A, and probably donate most of it because, what are you doing hoarding so much? You know, so much of it is so excessive and you end up spending it on all these like material items or something that aren't like they don't really bring you much at the end of the day. Like, sure, it kind of makes you happy, but it's kind of just like I don't know how to call it like a pop of happiness. It's not everlasting because then you're then you kind of become in this yeah you get in that whole mindset this is like more consumers and stuff but like you become like you get in that whole mindset of like oh i want something else now that i'm done with this i don't know (laughs) it's just it it weirds me out (laughs) i don't know but i am kind of curious what um like if you guys have like a plan for after uni already or like are you not because i feel like i know a lot of people in different kind of stages of their life because like I know people who knew what career they wanted to be since like mm-hmm. before they picked their GCSE so they picked their GCSE subjects based off of the career they know they wanted and then they picked their IB subjects based on that you know where are you guys at I mean for me like I really admire those who know what they want to want to do or at least like a vague idea of what they want to do at a very young age because it's very hard like life anything can change in life you know like in uni you might suddenly change courses and you know you might want to do this and that but for me I never had like a set mindset of what I wanted to do it was more like I think because I do psych and like because of like the cast experiences and I think it's also somewhat because of like my childhood experience that I've gone through like I've had a rough childhood childhood so like I feel like because of mm-hmm. that I feel like I even though I don't know I don't really have like a set mindset of like a specific job but I do know that after I graduate I want to do like a job that's somewhat it's it may, it's really cliche but I just simply want to do a job that helps other people like like yeah yeah, it's just simply that like I really just want to help especially like I really want to work with children and I know Mm -hmm. like abuse and like um what's it bullying is like such a big issue in Japan that like I feel like I really want to help children in need like I don't it's just it's cliche but I just really want to do a job related to something I think it's good (laughs) I think it's really good that you want to help (laughs) yeah like do you know that you're staying in japan for sure um not sure actually i might work overseas maybe not so i'm not really sure but i think it's just that idea of like wanting to help people that's definitely like clear to me i guess yeah so english would you consider it your first language yeah right that's like like a tie between english and japanese do you think that your english proficiency puts you like at a more privileged position compared to other people who may be working in japan who don't who don't speak english as proficiently Mm -hmm, definitely especially because like you know like how it's like because the globalization it's, it's like 
because the world is yeah globalization yeah it's i feel like definitely i'm in the advantage and i feel like especially because i'm given more of an opportunity to work overseas and work with a wide variety of people from different countries so yeah i do feel like but but then at the same time i don't feel like it's necessarily like a big big advantage Mm -hmm. i guess because people do like people can learn and like some people even though they're not international students like their english (laughs) is like better than mine so i mean you know yeah yeah i think that's definitely something interesting because we've talked about it before in our other episodes about like mm-hmm. how English basically also guarantees you I privilege. I suppose it's um, where you're from in, as well in this because society at least that in we Japan, live in. the work culture isn't very heavily international. Like there's no immigration mm-hmm. and that emphasis on the retention of Japanese culture is really big. So I guess in that sense, in mm-hmm. most conventional jobs, you're not going to have too much of an advantage speaking English unless you are in an either international related field or a tourism related field but yeah yeah, it's pretty interesting worldwide and yeah going back on your question for me I also like Ari really admire people who know what the fuck that they want to do ever since they were five (laughs) because I cannot (laughs) right but I don't know. I think it's, I guess, food for thought because for me, I had such a wide ranging variety of things that I was interested in. For example, I was really, um, I was debating when I was choosing between BTEC and IB. I knew that if I wanted to do art, I was just going to take BTEC. I wasn't going to waste my time with doing IB. But then my other option was that if I took IB, I wasn't planning on taking art. Because I wanted to either go the science STEM med route, so either becoming a doctor or a scientist or engineer that pathway, or I was going to be an artist. And I think a lot of teachers really shamed me for my (laughs) ultimate choice because, yeah, the whole liberal arts thing being looked down upon, I get it, but also... It's so shamed in Asian culture specifically about choosing that path because I guess the mindset is that STEM jobs guarantee you money, guarantee you a job, which I guess can be debatable. But yeah, ever since that, I think I really disagree with how society (laughs) um, makes you typecast yourself and puts you in a box of oh, from now on, all you can learn is this particular field because humans are so so wide-ranging in their interests. Like, a lot of people like both science and music, for example, and then most likely within their careers, they're probably going to only be able to pick one of them to pursue as a career. And that stuff is pretty sad because at least I think about how later on in the future I might lose touch with the curiosity that was fostered through learning so many different subjects and having many areas of interest and I think I want to retain that level of love for learning yeah for sure yeah and I don't know the whole like construct of careers is just fucking weird to begin with like why do we have to work I don't know, society, but then also, like, because of the way society has washed us now that we're, like, now that we're in Mm self-isolation, I kind of understand why we need to work, because then it makes you feel stimulated. I think the construct of a career is necessary in the society that we live in, but also the way that we go about it might not be the best. That's true. I mean, we but could just be in a simulation and is a construct, matters, so, yeah. but, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell them. Harry, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, like, I was just thinking how, like, something that Haruka was, like, going back to what Haruka said, like, it's making us decide, especially at a young age, you know, 
that you're you know like what career choices you want to do like I feel like that's really hard because you never know like some people change career paths like drastically at, at like halfway through their life and making young children to like I it's not a bad thing but then like I feel like that pressure of like choosing specific subjects like how you said like people look down on people taking liberal art courses like I do feel like that I do sense that as well because like a lot of people like I got not necessarily shamed but like some of like my like friends in Japan they they would kind of say like they would kind of look down on me for taking a liberal arts course just because I'm also like an international student and it's like yeah but like they're like oh but don't you like don't why don't you have like a clear mindset of what you want to do but like I mean I just don't yeah, just and I feel like alone. it's better I to have that to being unemployed of, like, and not knowing where like, my life is gonna go yeah. <laughs> I think we should <laughs> no I think we should also kind of address that like the three of us are very privileged that For our families sure. are like kind of letting us choose what we want to major in because it's like especially here in Asian yeah. culture, like there are so many people who are forced into doing stuff that they don't even yeah, have I an interest I'm... in, and like it, it really sucks. Yeah. You know, to like especially not be able like... to choose your own life path. So like we're very, very lucky to be able to. But also that I feel like that doesn't stop us from feeling lost, or like even um, someone who's being forced into something into like feeling and my lost. Are pretty similarly related in the field that they're in which is very artistic so I guess I have that advantage of understanding and privilege coming from a family which accepts the type of course that I'm taking do you do you think if you did a stem course they'll no, be like honestly I feel like how my parents are super worried about me taking a stem, stem course because they don't want me to be even more in debt like I know art school debt is so real and that we're probably gonna have to face it but also medical doctors their debt is also pretty harrowing to see that you have to spend seven years paying tuition yeah it's insane I mean yeah because you have to do like 12 years 12 years right but then the thing is, the idea is that you make all of it back as a doctor. But also, doctor, doctors are severely You're always going to need a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, Healthcare workers true. deserve better. Yeah, that's like an issue. Yeah, for sure. Especially now. I feel like healthcare now, workers and also people who do like any workers? cleaning and or just, what are they called? Um, Necess. Cleaning. Yeah, essential workers, oh. honestly, like, bless all of them because, like, honestly, like, especially, they're like, like the, yeah, they're all, like, overworking hella. And for essential workers who aren't necessarily in, like, the health kind of field, they're, like, the ones who are making sure that, like, stuff that needs to keep functioning because we made them, like, you know, I don't know, like, nuclear plants or something, like, they're still making sure those are, like, maintained and stuff. And whilst there's like a whole epidemic going on, they might just want to stay home. Like that is oh, like I think just kind of one a last lot thing to, to add to because deal with. we're running really short on time. Is I want to know how you guys feel about gap years because we keep talking about not knowing what you want to do, and a lot of people take gap years to figure it out or save money. But my mm. thoughts on gap years, especially at a time right now, is that my parents didn't let me just because. It's so unstable. I'm probably not even going to be able to get a job in my gap year and save up money for tuition. Yeah, so what are you guys' thoughts on that? I know, like, people who take... Oh, <laughs> I know, like, people who take gap year, they kind of get, like, backlash for it. But I, I don't think it's a bad idea. Like, I don't really have an opinion about them. Like, I, I just, you know, like, maybe it isn't the right time for them to go to uni. And, you know, they haven't really thought about things. But, like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, honestly. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I honestly, like, I feel like if you want to take a gap year, that's fine. And like, but for me personally, it's just something I never considered. Cause like to my parents, like you, you say those words and you're like, you're going to die. fam. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think definitely recently I've been considering it more just because, um, I think right now my top choice is definitely going to art school and with Miss Rona here, um, I don't really know how that's going to work in the fall because either they, like, if they push back the start date, then definitely I'm going to be going. But if they're going to be doing online classes, uh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about having to pay so much money for fucking online classes, especially when it's going to be a foundation year where so much of it's going to be practical work. So... And, like, you're not going to have the whole meeting of, like, Freshers Week or whatever to meet everyone and kind of sign up for something, get settled. Like, I don't really know if I want to do that. And I I definitely have been thinking more about taking a gap year. Because even if I don't get a high-paying job during my gap year, but I still manage to get a job that is still me making money and kind of, like, starting to you know add to my savings and stuff so yeah I I don't know like I'm so unsure right now because I think like a week ago today I was in the mindset of like oh I need to choose between like two schools that I've narrowed down between and then this week I'm like oh maybe I need to take a gap year now but like I really really don't want to because I'd rather just get all of my school stuff done as soon as possible yeah um and just kind of like move on and like i'm 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 also scared that if i take a gap year i won't I end up doing anything which is stigma between the horrifying, gap year but, mm-hmm. needs to be addressed because yeah i don't know a lot of people who go to uni are not 18 fresh out of college i mean fresh out of high school because either financially they weren't able to and they had to work uh, or they just really did not want to did not want to commit to a particular pathway. And I think that if you're one of those people, definitely take a gap year or do what you Mm -hmm. think is Uh good for you. Because ultimately, if you're spending so much money on tuition to a course that you're not sure that you want to be committed to, I think you're better off finding out what you want to do and then committing later on when you're more sure of what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's I mean, you only live once. Yeah, I mean, you might boys. as well live Yolo. your life like you want to, without regrets. <laughs> no, I don't know. I feel like with all the, like, unpredictability and with, like, how much everything has changed, like, definitely the stuff that I never considered myself doing, I'm now considering because it's just, like, a just-in-case and you never know. And, I, like, I'm kind of done letting myself be consumed by when really big altering changes just hit me in the face i'd rather just prepare for it so then mentally like if i do end up have to like having to do something that i don't prefer then i won't mope about it for like too long mm-hmm. if that makes sense but i i don't know i feel like yeah. like this whole miss rona situation is so unpredictable but i i really hope she mf leaves soon because everyone like I'm talking about like the health workers and cleaners essential workers they're all so overworked and like I don't know they're like they I feel like I don't know I just I don't need like it's not that they can take a break definitely after Rona kind of comes down I think the um, incompetence because people are always going to be sick etc the but, incompetency like, of healthcare systems around the world really jumped out with Miss Rona yeah, like, I really yeah. hope, like, reform happens out of this, which is, like, the only silver lining, I guess, because, and also, like, governments, I hope, kind of consider reformation, considering, you know, how, like, different nations are coping, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, there's, it's definitely just a weird time. No, this feels like some weird, dark, twisted coming of age kind of film where like <laughs> everything bad happened <laughs> at once how are we doing but, I don't time? maybe things will get better maybe things will get worse we don't know uh we're on 117 right. but um yeah i think 
this is kind of like a longer episode just because I think it's definitely more relevant to like our position now and like also it's been like something that's been building up for a while so yeah I think that's all for yeah. today do you guys have anything uh, to add? thank you Ari for joining us on this little adventure yeah. <laughs> and bearing with our very yeah thank you <laughs> thank for you being for our first guest <laughs> habits no. <laughs> yeah okay, and thank fun. you for your support um so yeah if you guys want to leave um a hate comment again we <laughs> encourage you um do what you want you know if you disagree with anything we said again by all means email us at you tell them podcast at gmail.com yell at us leave us a voice message do yeah. what you want and also we're um, officially on apple podcast so you can actually leave a hate comment now <laughs> but either way <laughs> yeah leaving for sure. a review or a rating <laughs> will really help us with the whole algorithm things you know help us out and yeah i think that's about it yeah we're not trying to hijack <laughs> this system by the way yeah, yeah so thank you for listening um yeah so we'll that's all uh, thank you okay bye, bye. okay bye, bye. <laughs> hey guys if you're still here and if you didn't know we have a little bonus section after our first outro where we talk about the music of the week slash day that we've been listening to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my song for this week is actually an iconic OG for us. Um, it's Best yes. of Both Worlds <laughs> by Hannah Montana slash Miley Cyrus. <laughs> oh um, my god. Uh, this is basically my song of the week because um, I was listening to it the other day and it <laughs> MF made me cry, I don't know why. Like, when, when she got to the part where she was like, um, whatever, you know? Like, I just went through it, whatever. I stand by it, it is, is a good song, and it's going Cyrus on the playlist. Slash Hannah Montana, spinning straight facts. <laughs> Singer-songwriter of the century, period. Mix it out again. And, uh, for me, my song... <laughs> My song of the day slash you week slash whatever because our upload schedule is kind of whack is um, Aries by Gorillaz. They just dropped it and, you know, Aries season got me feeling some type of way. So that is the song. And last but not least, our... <laughs> I thought you said my name. Uh, Aries, the horoscope, <laughs> uh, not the guest. And last but not least, Aries, what is your song of the day slash week? <laughs> Um, I think most people know this song. It's by Han. Um, sometimes I don't know. I just like listening to it in like a little yes, dark room alone. <laughs> but yeah, it's you tell them. I got. We all have like very different songs that we listen to in a dark room alone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Once again, thank you so much for your support and listening. I hope we're getting better at this because. We're definitely enjoying it. Hope you guys are enjoying it as well. And I really hope that we're definitely taking our friendship to the next level. Uh, soon we're going to become best friends. So That's you guys right. better keep listening. Okay, well. so now for our extra goodbye. Okay, bye. Yeah. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>